Hello, everyone, and welcome to Honestly Booked. I'm your host, Ariel, on Instagram under at Are You Ready to Read with four eyes. And I'm your host, Rachel, on Instagram under at Paperbacks and Sketchbooks. This is a conversational podcast devoted to books, all thing books with no genre discrimination. We hope with this podcast we will expand your TBR. To get updates on our show, you can follow us on Instagram at Honestly Booked and like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us get our podcast out there. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Honestly Booked. It's Rachel here. I am by myself again, unfortunately, but that's okay. Ariel is busy with her family. Today, since a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that I was in my fantasy era. I've actually discovered that I'm also kind of back in my romance era. So today I'm going to be talking a little bit about romance books that I have read recently. Some of these I really liked and a couple of them didn't really hit the mark for me. So we'll be discussing those and I'm just excited to be here with you guys catching up on all things books. Before I get into my romance talk, I'm slightly still in my fantasy era just because I am currently reading the fourth Throne of Glass book. Actually, I feel like this should be the fifth one because you have Assassin's Blade, Throne of Glass, Crown of Midnight, Air of Fire, and then I'm reading Queen of Shadows. Okay, so Goodreads labels it as the fourth one. But that's because they label the Assassin's Blade, which is the prequel, as half, as 0.5, which is stupid to me. They should just label it number one because technically it is number one. I'm not going to go into that rabbit hole, though. So Queen of Shadows, I consider to be book five, even though Goodreads has it labeled as book four. So just beware, book four, book five, interpret it however you want. I interpret it as book five. I am on the fifth book of the Throne of Glass series, Queen of Shadows by Sarah J. Moss, and I am loving it. It has been a little bit draggy in parts for me, a little bit slow. It still has that witch storyline that I had mentioned in Era Fire that wasn't really working for me. I didn't really understand what was going on with that. There was no connection point to it from previous books, but it's in this book as well. And it's more upbeat than it was in Era Fire, so I'm not hating it as much. It's not as boring, but it's still a little bit slow. But I'm hoping, because I'm not even halfway yet, I'm hoping that it's going to pick up quickly, which I'm sure it will because in Sarah J. Moss books, the last maybe 20% of the book is usually all action packed. So I'm, you know, I'm just working my way through the slow bits, trying to get to all the fast paced, action packed, juicy stuff. So we'll see where that goes. But I am going to refrain from reading the synopsis for Queen of Shadows because it can spoil some things if you haven't read the rest of the series. This still encompasses Selena Sardothian, Dorian Chol. There's some new characters thrown in there. So we're still getting the characters we love. You don't have to worry about any of that, but I'm loving it so much. So many secrets are being revealed there's still so many secrets to be revealed. Again, technically it is young adult fantasy, but it's not reading like young adult to me. And I know I sound like a broken record because I keep saying that even though it's young adult, it doesn't seem young adult. But really, like what makes something young adult? The subject matter? 
the level of the writing. Like sure, some writing can be more sophisticated, but I feel like you can also have a young adult book with super sophisticated writing and it doesn't have to be bad. Like sure, the characters are typically teenagers in young adult books, but with Sarah J Moss books, the characters are older teens. So in this book, Queen of Shadows, Selena Sardothian is 19 years old. So she's an older teenager. Here we are and I'm loving it. Young adult novels are like one of my guilty pleasures. I grew up reading young adult romance, young adult fantasy, all that stuff. Like I read the series of Unfortunate Events by Lemony Snicket. I read the Harry Potter series. I read the Peculiar Children series by Ransom Riggs. I read all the Sarah Dustin books, which is YA romance. I love it. I devour it. it. It's just easy to read for me. And the subject matter isn't triggering. It's not dark. It's not scandalous. It's just there. And it's just stuff that teenagers can go through. So I like it. It's my jam, kind of. I mean, I kind of strayed away from young adult in the past couple years, but now that I'm reading more of it again, I'm realizing that I kind of really like it. Sure, some stuff is too young adult for me, like the characters are too young. It's just more relatable when they're older. And I know a bunch of adults that still read young adult books. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a suggested age range for the book. So read what you want to read. But anyway, back to discussing the book Queen of Shadows. Like I said, lots of secrets, lots of lies. Secrets and lies is kind of like the theme of this book. I'm liking it. I'm eating it up. I'm really hoping that the ending redeems the witch storyline for me because I'm not really invested in it. I don't really care about the characters in that part of the book, but I care about Selena and I care about Joel and I care about Dorian. So I'm hoping that it picks up, but that is Queen of Shadows by Sarah J. Moss, which I am currently reading. It has a four and a half star rating on Goodreads out of 540,000 ratings. So I'm really, really, really hoping that this gets really good. And it's also really big. It's 645 pages in the hardcover version. So beware, if you are going to pick up this series, the books may start out as 300, 400 page books, but they turn into big boys, huge, massive. You're going to find yourself reading it for a while. I've, this is day three of me reading this book and I'm only on page 250. So that's where I'm at. Aside from fantasy, I've been loving romance. I have been back in my romance era that I'm calling it. Everyone is using the word era these days. I know it's because of Taylor Swift and her eras tour because, you know, she's dominating everything in pop culture nowadays, even all over Bookstagram. Everyone's like, Taylor Swift this, Taylor Swift that. And I don't blame them. I love Taylor Swift. I went to two eras tour dates and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I also really love that we're using the word era now to describe our reading habits on Bookstagram. It's so fun to me, and it's a great way to describe what you're reading as well. Readers change their habits all the time. I used to only read romance. I used to only read contemporary fiction. I would only read physical books. But now I've branched into fantasy, I'm listening to more audiobooks. I'm using my Kindle a lot more. So, you know, you evolve as a reader, you adapt to new ways of reading, and it's fun. That's why I love being on Bookstagram and I love talking about books because it's just so different all the time. And like now, 
I'm in my fantasy era, reading a lot of fantasy, but I'm also in my romance era. Who said you can't be in two eras at once? The first book that I wanted to talk about for romance is one that I just finished, and yes, this one is also young adult. It is The Summer I Turned Pretty by Jenny Han, and this is actually an Amazon Prime TV series now that I started watching right after I finished reading the book. The Summer I Turned Pretty is about Belly, and she measures her life in summers. Everything good, everything magical happens between the months of June and August. Winters are simply a time to count the weeks until the next summer, a place away from the beach house, and most importantly, away from Jeremiah and Conrad. They are the boys that Belly has known since her very first summer. They have been her brother figures, her crushes, and everything in between. But one summer, one terrible and wonderful summer, the more everything changes, the more it all ends up just the way it should have been all along. So even from the synopsis, you can tell it sounds very young adulty. And this one actually read how most young adult romance books read to me. Very simplified terms of everything. Very angsty teen. Belly, the main character, which is short for Isabel. It's not just like some weird name that she has. It is her nickname. So Belly, the main character, she is a younger teen. She is 15 going on 16. So this is something that I probably would have read when I was a freshman in high school, when I was like 14 years old. And this has been on my TBR probably since then, if not longer, which is crazy to me that I'm just reading it now being the age I am, but I loved it. It was actually very sweet and it was also very gritty and emotional and it sort of showed what goes on in a girl's head when she's you know, that age, 15 years old, in high school, all that stuff is happening, getting into boys, her friends are dating, so she wants to date. And it was just, you know, I feel like a lot of girls could probably relate to Belly in a lot of ways, but I really liked the story. I thought there was good character development as well. The story was told in a good way, easy to understand. But when I say it read like a YA novel, like the writing was very, very simplified. It wasn't anything complex not an adult novel by any means. I could not see the average adult enjoying this book genuinely. I mean, I enjoyed it, but am I the average adult? I have no idea. But I gave it four stars and on Goodreads, it has a 3.79 star rating average. So pretty good. This is actually the first of a trilogy and I have the next book on hold at my library right now. So the first book in this trilogy, the one I just read, The Summer I Turned Pretty, is the first season of the TV show of the same name on Amazon Prime Video. The second book is season two that is currently airing on Amazon Prime. And then it was just announced that the third book in the trilogy is going to be turned into season three of the show. So it's very exciting. And I started watching the show after I finished the book. And I have to say, the show is much more cringe when you see it played out on a TV screen than it is in your head. In my head, it was just this girl talking to boys, going to parties at her beach house, and it wasn't cringy to me. But then when I see it on TV, the actors are doing such a great job of playing awkward teenagers, by the way. And it's just so, 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 so cringe. So awkward. 
brings me back to high school days I don't particularly want to remember but I mean parts of it are so funny to me because it is so cringe and at the same time I just can't look away I have to keep watching and I don't know why because honestly it makes me want to crawl out of my skin at some points but I'm gonna keep watching because I heard the show is actually really good a lot of things are different in the tv show than they are in the book So I guess you have to keep in mind when you watch the show that it's not going to be the same as the book. But I'm not hating that things are different. It sort of enhances the story because like I said, this book was very simple, very bare bones, and the TV show is filling it out, I would say. So I'm liking it. I will keep you posted on if it's actually worth a watch versus reading the book. Some people have said that they love the TV show more than the book. So I'll just have to watch more, read more, see what happens. And I'm excited to finish this trilogy. Another romance book that I recently read that I absolutely loved was Happy Place by Emily Henry. I talked a little bit about this book last episode. It's a very popular book right now floating all over bookstagram i see it in a bunch of facebook groups that i'm in talking about happy place and it's surprising to me when people say that they don't enjoy this book because i loved it i read it in two days it's such a fast read and no this one is not ya this one should not be read by children this one is an adult contemporary romance and it was fantastic so happy place on goodreads has a 4.13 star rating I gave it five stars. I could give it infinite stars if I could. It goes on to the list of my all-time favorite books. Not that I'm keeping a list, but I am mentally keeping that list. So Happy Place is about Harriet and Wynne, and they have been the perfect couple since they met in college. They go together like salt and pepper, honey and tea, lobster and rolls. Except now, for reasons they're still not discussing, they don't. They broke up six months ago, and they still haven't told their best friends, which is how they find themselves sharing the largest bedroom at the main cottage that has been their friend group's yearly getaway for the last decade, their annual respite from the world, where for one vibrant blue week, they leave behind their daily lives, have copious amounts of cheese, wine, and seafood, and soak up the salty coastal air with the people who understand them most. Only this year, Harriet and Wynne are lying through their teeth while trying not to notice how desperately they still want each other. Because the cottage is for sale, and this is the last week they'll all have together in this place. They can't stand to break their friends' hearts, so they'll play their parts. Harriet will be the driven surgical resident who never starts a fight, and Wynne will be the laid-back charmer who never lets the cracks show. After years of being in love, how hard can it be to fake it for one week in front of those who know you best? This book to me was more about friendships and relationships as a whole than the romance. And some reviews and comments that I've read about this book say that they didn't really feel like the main characters, Harriet and Wynne, had any chemistry But I have to disagree because you have to think of it as two people who were engaged. But now in this book, they're not. They've broken up. And if you think about it in real life, two broken up people are going to be awkward around each other. They're not going to, I don't know, 
chit chat like it's the old days it's going to be weird especially since they were engaged and now they're not and who knows what history they have behind them it's just something that's going to be awkward and forced which i think is what emily henry was getting at when she wrote these characters it is a forced relationship that they are faking in front of their friends so it's not going to be oh i love you so much and have so much chemistry and they're not going to be like canoodling and hugging and smooching all the time it's not like that so i love this book i loved it so much i don't even know how to describe how much i loved it and it's definitely different for emily henry so if people were expecting the super duper romance the dirty scenes i don't know how to politely say that but if they were expecting that they're not getting it with happy place happy place is very much more of contemporary fiction with a side of romance but that was happy place by emily henry absolutely loved it i would definitely suggest giving this book a try if you are into contemporary fiction you like reading about friendships you like reading about relationships as a whole not necessarily romantic relationships so this one is definitely good and you have to keep in mind it doesn't have a full open door scenes it's more closed door, maybe half open door, but it's not like her other books. If you heard her other books were super smutty, this one is not like that. Now, another book that I have recently read that contributes to farther evidence that I am in my romance era again is What Happens in Paradise by Ellen Hildebrand. And this one is actually the sequel to Winter in Paradise. And I have to say... I liked this one a lot. I know a lot of people hate read Ellen Hildebrand novels because they can be a little bit cringy. I liked this book. I escaped into the world of Irene and Baker and Cash and Ayers and all these characters on this Caribbean island. So I actually listened to the audio version of this book. And if you know me, you know that I do not listen to audiobooks. I can't comprehend what's going on a lot of the times in audiobooks because I get too distracted and I'll start reading something else on my phone or I'll be so invested in a video game or an art project that I'm working on that I just, I've blanked out of the audiobook altogether. Which sounds ironic because you're like, Rachel, if you're not doing anything, how are you spacing out on this audiobook? Well, it happens, okay? Happens to me all the time. But this book held my interest. Trust me, it really held my interest. I know what happened in this book. I remember what happened in this book. And that's a huge thing for me. But I could also probably remember what happened in this book really well because I listened to it on two and a half times speed, which a lot of people have said if you listen to audiobooks faster than one time speed, which is normal speed, if you listen to it faster, you retain the information better. And I have to say... I think I have scientifically proven that fact because I remember this book so well. Other audiobooks I've read, I could not tell you a thing that happened. But what happens in Paradise? The audiobook version, by the way, loved it. The narrator was great. Not weird at all. You could listen to it on probably three times speed and the audio won't even be messed up. So good. So crisp. So clear. Loved it. So this book is the sequel to Winter in Paradise, like I mentioned earlier. A year ago, Irene Steele had the shock of her life. 
her loving husband, father to their grown sons, and successful businessman, was killed in a helicopter crash. But what wasn't Irene's only shattering news is that he'd also been leading a double life on the island of St. John, where another woman loved him too. Now Irene and her sons are back on St. John, determined to learn the truth about the mysterious life of a man they thought they knew. Along the way, they're about to learn some surprising truths about their own lives and their futures. Now, the thing I love about this series, well, this trilogy, I would say, because there's still a third one after this one. What I love about this trilogy is that Ellen Hildebrand makes you really feel like you are in St. John. I feel like I'm on this Caribbean island, which actually makes a lot of sense because I remember when I had the physical copy of Winter in Paradise, I read her author's note and she said that she travels to the Caribbean quite frequently. And these are real places that she's writing about. And the scenery is just so descriptive in the book. And I love it so much. And I feel like she really captures the essence of island life locals on the island, restaurants on the island, touristy things you can do on the island. So this book, I gave four stars, just like I did with the first one. And the characters, I love the characters in this book. We actually got a deep dive into the characters' relationships in this book, which was really fun. So we got to learn more about this love triangle that's happening between three of the characters. Uh, we got to learn more about the widow Irene and how her relationships are progressing, uh, what she's doing with her job back in Iowa City. We also got to learn about Ayers, who's a local on the island, and her drama-filled life. Oh, it was so juicy. I love it so much. The only thing that got me about this book and it, what made me gave it four stars was that there was this odd FBI investigation happening. And I'm not going to say why there was an FBI investigation, but again, there's secrets and lies in this book. You know, I eat up the secrets and the lies, especially in a romance novel. But the FBI investigation in this book was just written a little bit oddly to me. It didn't seem like a real FBI investigation, although, I mean, I've never been part of one, so I don't really know what a real one would entail. But it just seemed overdramatic. It kind of seemed like the FBI was stepping all over everyone's toes. It didn't seem completely legal what they were doing. But, you know, it was there and I went with it. And to me, it was just a minor part of this book. And honestly, the ending of this book, in the audio version at least, was super dramatic in the best way. Like, it definitely makes me want to read the third one now. And I'll probably find it on audio because I'm having trouble focusing on words on a page these days. I can't wait to finish it. I'm definitely going to be checking out more Ellen Hildebrand books in the future because there's just something about them. I don't know what she puts in them that makes me want to keep reading, but I just want to keep reading. Even if some of the actions of the characters, the dialogue of the characters are a little bit cringy, that's okay. I don't care. I read YA romance. I can read this. It's fine. It's good. I really like it. Also, I forgot to mention that this book also included diary entries of one of the characters and we got more insight into the affair that Russell Steele was having. I would definitely recommend checking out Winter in Paradise, the first in this series, if you haven't already, because it's a great introduction to all the drama, all the gossip, the island life, 
And it was my first Ellen Hildebrand book that I read. It got me to want to read more of hers. So definitely good. Nice, clean, classic contemporary romance. And now a book that was a miss for me recently was actually a book that was supposed to be for the book club that Ariel and I are in, just our small virtual book club, Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Now, this one is widely loved. It won the Goodreads Choice Award for Best Romance in 2022, New York Times bestseller, but I bet all Emily Henry books are, to be honest. But this one was just not doing it for me. So to start off, Book Lovers has a 4.17 star rating on Goodreads out of 830,000 ratings. People love this book. That's a lot of ratings. It's got almost 100,000 written reviews. I don't even know how to explain why I didn't enjoy it, but let's start with the synopsis. Nora Stevens is the main character and her life is books. She's read them all and she's not that type of heroine. Not the plucky one, not the laid-back dream girl, and especially not the sweetheart. In fact, the only people Nora is a heroine for are her clients, for whom she lands enormous deals as a cutthroat literary agent, and her beloved little sister Libby. Which is why she agrees to go to Sunshine Falls, North Carolina for the month of August, when Libby begs her sister for a trip away. With visions of small town transformation for Nora, who she's convinced needs to become the heroine in her own story, but instead of picnics and meadows or run-ins with handsome country doctors or bulging forearmed bartenders, Nora keeps bumping into Charlie Lastra, a bookish brooding editor from back in the city. It would be a meet-cute if not for the fact that they've met many times and it's never been cute. If Nora knows she's not an ideal heroine, Charlie knows he's nobody's hero. But as they are thrown together again and again, in a series of coincidences no editor worth their salt would allow, what they discover might just unravel the carefully crafted stories they've written about themselves. So we all know it's a romance novel. They get together in the end. No surprise there. It's always a happy ending. But this book, so I read 150 pages. I got past the first sort of raunchy scene and I just have to say, maybe I've become a prude, but scenes like that just make me want to crawl up in a hole and hide. I cringe so hard. I don't know why, but I get secondhand embarrassment from it now. So I got to 150 pages and then it kind of started to get boring. Yes, I said it. Book lovers got boring for me and I just kind of wanted it to be over because I knew what was going to happen. This is not an unpredictable book by any means and Nora wasn't particularly a character that I was loving, especially her sister Libby. Libby became like one of the main characters in this book and I did not like her at all. It gave me movie vibes like cheesy hallmarky movie vibes which is actually what someone on instagram told me it gave them too so i'm glad i'm not the only one there but i know a lot of people love this book i hate to say that i did not finish it but i didn't mark it as a dnf on my goodreads or on my story graph or anywhere for that matter because it might be a book that i try reading again in the future maybe i just wasn't in the mood for it at this time but it wasn't doing it for me. I just wanted to read more things. I do know that when we talked about it in our book club, first of all, Ariel didn't even read it. 
she was supposed to but she's fixing that for us she's going to read happy place instead because of my rave review just kidding she wants to read it anyway not everything's about me but <laughs> the consensus was in our book club that book lovers was okay it wasn't anything spectacular it was kind of just your basic romance novel which is fine nothing wrong with that it just wasn't hitting the spot for me in this moment in time but that was book lovers by emily henry a book that unfortunately missed the mark for me. That was some romance that I've been reading lately, and I actually just added a bunch more romance to my Goodreads TBR that I'm looking forward to reading, and it's actually a different kind of romance than I'm used to. It's dark romance. Yes, dark romance is as it sounds. It's twisty and it's turny, and it's got a lot of dark themes and elements to it lots of possible triggers for a lot of people. I know Ariel and I have covered this before. I don't really have any trigger warnings. I will read anything and everything, but if I'm not vibing with it in a book, then I will just not finish the book. It's not that it upset me or anything. It's just that I did not particularly care to read it. This series, yes, it's a series. It's a series of standalone books that I added to my Goodreads TBR by Emily McIntyre. It is her Never After series, and the books are Hooked, Scarred, Wretched, Twisted, and Crossed. And these are supposed to be dark and twisty spins on classic fairy tales. So I'm super excited to try these out. I put the first book hooked on hold at my library, which I was shocked that my library even had this book due to the subject matter in it. But I mean, I guess libraries carry all sorts of things. But if you knew my library, you would know that it is a shock that they have this book available. Just to give you a little insight as to what the heck I've put on my TBR, hooked is about James and he has always had one agenda to destroy his enemy, Peter Michaels. When Peter's 20-year-old daughter, Wendy, shows up in James's bar, he sees his way in, seduce the girl, and use her for his revenge. It's the perfect plan until things in James's organization begin to crumble. Suddenly, he has to find the traitor in his midst, and his plan for revenge gets murkier as James starts to see Wendy as more than just a pawn in his game. So Hooked is a dark contemporary romance, and the first standalone in the Never After series. So it's a collection of fractured fairy tales, according to the little blurb on Goodreads, and Hooked is supposed to be a Peter Pan reimagining. So I'm excited to read it. It sounds super intriguing. I know it can have a lot of mature content in it, so read at your own risk. This is not some cutesy Disney fairy tale it is a dark and twisty fairy tale reimagining, a retelling. So it's not the actual fairy tale. So I'm excited to read it. It is by Emily McIntyre and it has 3.8 stars on Goodreads. And I know this series is super popular. A bunch of people that I'm friends with and following on Goodreads have given it four and five stars. So I'm looking forward to seeing if it lives up to the hype. Well, that is everything that I have been reading recently, some things that I'm interested in reading, what I'm currently reading. So I am very much looking forward to seeing where the rest of August takes me, how many books I'm actually going to end up reading, because for some reason I've been flying through books this month. I'm already at eight books read 
which is insane. I never read that much so quickly and it's only the middle of August. Anyway, before I say goodbye for now, I would just like to mention that Honestly Book Club is back. We are in full swing. August's book club pick is Yellowface by R.F. Kuang. This one sounds super intriguing, super interesting, kind of seems a little revengey. So I'm excited. A lot of people I know on Instagram have given this book very high ratings, even though it does have mixed reviews on Instagram. So if you are interested in joining Honestly Booked Club, it is on the Fable app. And this app allows us to read at our own pace. So after you read a chapter or two, you can actually go on the app and unlock the section to talk about the book. And you can type in your thoughts and when more people read that section of the book, they can respond to your thoughts. I'm excited to see what we all think of Yellowface at the end of the month. So make sure to check it out, Honestly Booked Club on Fable. That's all I have for now. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. And as always, happy reading. Happy reading.